There was nothing uncommon in that. Nor was there anything uncommon about her crew, which consisted of six men, most of them Irish, and three boys who were entered as apprentices. Nor indeed about her captain, William Stewart by name, a slight little man, physically rather a weakling, with red hair and a pale complexion. So far as ship and crew and captain were concerned, the elements of adventure, tragedy, and horror beyond men's imagining must have seemed to be entirely absent. She carried four passengers. Two of them were the men who had come over in charge of the mules. One was a delicate boy called Hammond, and the fourth was a sailor of the name of Rains. This last had some difficulty in persuading Captain Stewart to give him a passage. He had sailed out to Barbados as chief mate of another ship, but had lost his command through drunkenness. In the end, as he was unable to get a berth in any other vessel, he was allowed to sail in the Mary Russell, and both he and the two muleteers seemed to have made themselves very useful in working the ship. The Mary Russell left Barbados on May the 9th, and not a soul aboard her seems to have had a suspicion of the truth, that the captain of the ship, that little insignificant fellow with his friendly manner, his red hair, and his white face, was a madman, a dangerous homicidal lunatic, who should have been securely locked within the four walls of an asylum. He had, it is true, a blameless record. He was a good husband, a decent citizen, a capable sailor, a kindly commander. But though no one knew it as yet, he was mad. Scarcely had the island of Barbados sunk behind the horizon, then the captain of the Mary Russell began to behave rather queerly. One night, it seems, he had a dream. In it, he fancied that God appeared to him and warned him that the bibulous rains and some of the crew were plotting to murder him and seize the ship for themselves. That was the beginning. As the days passed, his suspicions became more deeply rooted. Every little accident was given a sinister interpretation. Every light word was noted and credited with a hidden meaning. The most trivial action was invested with a terrible significance. For instance, he found that Rains was spending a good deal of time forward with the crew, that he shaved himself daily in the foscal, that occasionally he would talk to the men in Erse, a language which the captain did not understand. These were small points and quite unimportant, but they confirmed the captain's conviction that a mutiny was brewing and that Rains was the ringleader. There were not the smallest grounds for this belief, and all the evidence points to the fact that the crew of the Mary Russell was as honest and disciplined a set of men as ever went to sea, and that Rains, apart from his liking for the bottle, was a perfectly harmless person. But the captain's obsession grew daily stronger, until he felt that he could trust nobody. At first he contented himself with certain precautions, which puzzled but did not alarm the others. He ordered the chief mate, who had incurred his deep suspicion, to vacate his berth off the cabin and sleep on the half-deck. Then he brought in the second mate, Swanson, to sleep in his place. He began to collect a little armoury of weapons, an axe, a harpoon, some instruments known as grains, and a crowbar. One day a seaman called Howes came to him and asked in all innocence for instruction in taking observations and this the captain regarded as plain proof that the mutineers wanted to learn how to navigate the ship before they made away with him. 
A little later, another man brought his fears to fever heat by inquiring whether Rains was a good navigator. Again, a clear indication that Rains was conspiring to become captain. On little episodes like this, the captain brooded and brooded until he had piled up a mountain of suspicion against his men. By the time the Mary Russell was midway across the Atlantic, the suspense had become more than the captain could bear. At length, he determined to tax the mutineers with their guilt. He called all hands aft and made them a speech, telling them he was fully aware of the plot against him and urging them to make a clean breast of it. The men, naturally enough, were amazed. They declared that they knew of no plot and denied stoutly that there was any intention to mutiny on the part of anyone in the ship.